back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Starr! Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can follow me on Twitter at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon Dubich. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Dubich. Brandon spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? Yeah, we're I'm live in studio for this. Just watched the Outback Bowl at your house. Uh, it was a great time. The family's together. Uh, been long, long overdue. Beverage were had. Uh, gonna keep a short, abridged, some initial reactions to this game. Uh, Michael, kick things off. Okay, you, you be you be the reasonable one here. Um, well, actually, we'll both be reasonable because there was a lot of ridiculous, over dramatic, just crap on 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 Twitter. So we're we're gonna be here to talk a lot of people off the ledge here because you know I, at least for me, I don't believe in. In overreacting, I believe in stepping back and seeing the big picture. So I don't know. You feeling the same way? A little bit. Um, it's 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 just super frustrating to watch uh, this team play so hard and 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 play so well all year, and come out and have such all this fan support, all the support from the local media, all the support from the podcast, the trash ass podcast that do basketball and then wanted to dip their toe a little bit into the football side of it and think that they know anything about football and they don't um and haven't followed football through the bad years and seen how bad it can really be and then to come out here and have a team finish the season six and two at an outback bowl granted against a team that came in against uh with a four and five record um low in their division a very very tough division which we went over in the preview a, a very hard division in the sec um with a potential national champion in that division. Um, so it, it's, it's really discouraging, frustrating um, to see that. I mean, the game itself was frustrating, but then to go and see people that consider themselves fans, um, consider themselves uh, beat writers, um, you know who you are. I'm calling you out here on the podcast too, as well as Twitter. But um, it, to, be, to consider themselves to be knowledgeable and know – about this team and know about these players it's just really sad because it's not like these are professional athletes that can just go home and enjoy their massive paychecks every week and their nice house and their nice cars and their family they these are kids man they gave up thanksgiving they gave up christmas they gave up living a normal lifestyle for this and to be picked apart online from so-called professionals that get paid to do this is embarrassing for those people. Yeah, it's especially when you're you're flip-flopping back and forth between um, criticism and praise, yeah. criticism and praise, and positivity, positivity and negativity. Just trying to get clicks, man. And I'm not going to say your name uh, on here. I'm not going to say the the podcast name either, um, because God forbid we give them any sort of free 
publicity on this, but let's not make this about other IU fans. I mean, we can go watch. Yeah, there, there was a there was a positive in, in the fans. What a showing by Hoosier yeah, Nation. A lot of people down there. in Tampa, like the online presence, the in stadium presence. I mean. Again, we, we've been touting it all season. The The monster that Tom Allen was building, you could see inside that stadium today. Yep. Yep. And I was super proud. Uh, you know, we would have probably went to uh, Arizona if we went to the Fiesta. Uh, for, for, for some reasons, you know, we didn't head down to Florida this year, but we were in Florida last year for the Gator Bowl. Uh, you know, we, we, we consider ourselves level-headed fans. You know, we're, we're not experts. We're not... You know, we're obviously not paid journalists, but, you know, we're fans, and I'm proud of the fans that showed up yeah. today. Yeah, me too. Um, wish it could have been there. Obviously, logistics and some family things got in the way, but, um, well, I don't want to say got in the way, but kept me from getting down there. Um, obviously, there's a, a global pandemic as well. So, um, to anybody that did go down there, shout out to them. And Guys did a great job. Yeah, the, it was very loud on TV, for sure. Yes, you, you could definitely tell that it, you know, Indiana. I don't know if uh, if you guys are good at anyone's good at geography, but pretty sure Mississippi's closer to Tampa than than Indiana, and it was very one sided. Not e- not just visually, but audibly through through the broadcast. So props to Hoosier Nation. Props to IU's video department. Uh, the videos that they put out all week and this morning were absolutely dynamite. Uh, you know the the marketing team over there with IU football has done an amazing job. And again, before before we get into the game, props to Tom Allen making two straight bowls, top ten for a considerable part of the season, the best season IU football has ever had, and that's how I'm gonna remember this season. W- one bowl game, one exhibition. Like let's let's get let's make sure we call bowl games what they are. This isn't the playoff. This isn't the college football playoff. This is an exhibition that means nothing. What what matters? is we were the second-best team in the Big Ten and had the best season we've ever had. That's what matters. Don't get, don't let that get lost on you. Please, Hoosier fans. That's true. And that's what we need to say. We need to stay positive. Heads up. Uh, it's going to be tough. This is the second year Brandon and I have been with each other for the bowl games uh, last year in attendance in Jacksonville. And I've, I've witnessed the pinstripe bowl in person. I've... Um, I've seen them all that I've been alive for to see, and it's this is tough. I mean, it's it's a tough thing to to be able to pick up and say, okay, we're gonna be good next year. We're gonna be this, this, and this. The main core of this team, outside of Ty Freifogel, I'm assuming, and maybe one or two on the defense, is going to be back next year and going to be more experienced and going to use today as fire. And this is why we need to continue to support this team, continue to. So, yeah, so let me let me just interject here real quick. How many players, not just for Ole Miss, but in in how many countless other bowl games, people opted out? We had zero players opt out heading into the year. Yep. We had zero players opt out going into the bowl. These are players. These are athletes. These are kids that want to be in the program that's the bottom line you know say what you want about Ole Miss those kids were thinking about themselves yep and you should and and this isn't a podcast we should get into the 
you know, the, the rights of the, um, uh, of the college athlete. But those players were thinking of themselves, as they should. I'm not criticizing them for doing that. But I also want to point out that not a single Indiana football Hoosier thought about themselves. They're, they're all in this together, and that's a testament to them. That's a testament to Tom Allen, and that's a testament to the program. And, and that, I'm sure, nobody is talking about right now because, again, it's a lot of amateur hour out there right now, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so let's <clears throat> let's dig a little bit into the game um, itself and kind of look at what went wrong, what went right, if anything. The thing that went right, we'll start there. We'll start with the positives. And the thing that I don't think we saw enough personally is the run game was great today. Uh, yards per attempt, we were at 4.2, but we only ran the ball. We ran the ball 40 times, but it wasn't a legit 40 times. Most of those were Tuttle runs. Not most, but a, a decent amount of those were Tuttle runs. Stevie Scott had 99 yards on 19 carries. It's over five yards a carry. The kid is, is we, it's just really, it's really frustrating and it's hard to put into words just some of this play calling that we had. I mean, WAP was a major player for us today. But well, he I, got, I got a question for you. So, because I saw a lot of people criticizing Sheridan and, and a lot of people criticizing Tuttle. Um, but, you know, I mean, what I saw was IU taking what Ole Miss was giving them. They were giving them underneath stuff and they were packing that line of scrimmage. They, they, they run that 3 4 where they were having three guys over the. Two guys over the guards, one guy over the center. So I, I don't think that's play calling. That's just taking what the defense is giving. And, and quite honestly, not enough of our guys made a play. How many times did WAP have the ball in open field not able to make a guy miss? Or ran backwards. Or, or, or ran backwards. Like How many times did Jack Tuttle have so much time in the pocket? Now, there was times he was pressured, but there were a lot of times Jack just didn't make a play. So... I don't blame that on the coaches. I blame that on the players on the field not making plays. Um, so again, I think I think blaming coaching is a, a lame excuse that that fans do all the time. When, in my opinion, the play calling it, it was what it was. We took what the defense gave us and we didn't make plays. Yeah, and I think the part, the one thing we can do, and the one. And I don't want to blame one coach in particular. It's not like one coach made the total difference. None of this, I don't think, is on Sheridan. We did score 20 points. That's probably not enough. I mean, some plays down the end um, on that final drive really shot us in the foot. But uh, It was a total pick that shot us in the foot. Yeah, the total I mean, pick was a total stare down the whole way. I mean, look, look at the stats. We've got the stats now in front of us. The receptions are 18-2-3-2-1. That's not on a play. That's not on a coach. That is that is a quarterback staring at one target only. That 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 is that is Tuttle falling in love with a player. I, I've seen it all too much as a Steeler fan. Ben did it to Antonio Brown all the time. You fall in love with the receiver, and guess what? Ben had the second most interceptions he's ever had. You fall in love with the receiver, and and that's what happened to Tuttle. And that's often what happens with backup quarterbacks with limited reps is you don't have the confidence with some other guys, so you go to an automatic. And I think that's exactly what we saw today. He, he, he had confidence in one player, and he force-fed him. Um, and you saw the results, sadly. Um, this is second-worst game I've ever seen of Wop's career. Um, I don't think it was as bad as the Penn State game last year, but too many times he was trying to do too much and ended up not doing anything. 
Yeah, and he's an emotional player, and we love to see emotional players on on our teams and everything. But when they can be overly emotional, maybe he's compensating for a little bit of his uh, speed, a little bit of this or that. I love him. I don't want to kill the kid. But um, when he gets overly emotional, it, it really gets into his game. I mean, 18 catches for 81 yards with a four-and-a-half-yard average per catch is just – I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've – I, well, we, we've never yeah, seen yeah, anybody I, catch 18 balls in a, so, in a so bowl just game. Because so, I, I think I, my, Michael's doing a great job, and I just want to reiterate, we're not killing WAP. But, you know, in games, you have to make plays. And unfortunately, the big play just didn't break for him. And I'm, and not, not to completely switch things, but same thing on the defense. How many times are we that close from a sack? That close to an interception? And those were things that happened all year. You know, Wop would break one play. Ty would break one play. Our, our, the ball would fall correctly to us. Those things just didn't happen today. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, and it sucks that it had to happen in a bowl game, but let's not talk about we got absolutely dominated. Yeah. Or, or it, just one or two things didn't go our way. If Wop breaks one of those plays, if Jack, Jack Tuttle makes that play, I think Wop scores six on yeah. on that play that he goes back. Like yeah. it, it's those little things that just didn't happen for IU today. So you know, don't don't overreact and think that a six point loss totally undermines things because we got those breaks. Now teams make their own breaks, but we got those breaks all year, and those breaks just didn't happen today. Yep. Yep. The other positive we can look at is Chuck, little baby Chucky, Chuck Campbell, out there bombing. 50 yarders two of two from 50 plus 50 and 53 two for two on extra points which i thought was going to turn out to be the big game changer was the missed extra point but that final drive which had all that promise in the world just shit itself at the end but the other negative and and the one coach and I, i i don't like doing this the one coach you can kind of look at and say what happened why weren't you prepared what is this defense well, I just got to it. What's going on? Like, the defense looked lost at times. Now, we can look at it this way. Old Miss averages over 40 points per game in the toughest conf- – well, maybe not toughest. Usually, one of the toughest conferences in the country in the SEC West. And so, here we are against a team that averages over 40 points a game, only allowing 26 some big red zone stops by our defense, but there was zero adjustment made for their pace. We just looked lost at times and so they weren't I, running. They weren't running complex pl- plays. They were running hitches, slants, small I'm, stuff down I, the field. I'm not going to correct you, but I, I'm, I, I don't think we looked lost. I was just confused. Why we ran more zone that game than I could ever remember. We also, Normally, if something doesn't work, we normally give up on it. Like, the corner blitz has been money all year. It wasn't hitting. Why did we keep dialing it up? Elementary stuff, man. Every time they blitzed a corner, that person ran a go, and it burned us with, uh, you know, jackass, amateur, whatever, quarterback, wide receiver, John Reese, Rise, whatever, Plumley. That dude, the 44-yarder towards the end of the game that set up their touchdown to go ahead— was just it was backbreaking 
And all that was was the same thing they've been doing all game. Anytime we blitzed a corner, we brought Jalen, I'm pretty sure, off the slot. And as soon, or, uh, it was Fitzgerald. As soon as we brought Fitzgerald, that's the very first play Corral looked. And it was a, a go route the whole way and wide open. So, yeah, so it, a lot of people are killing Kane Womack. And, again, why were they playing so much zone? Why were they putting uh, Lance Bryant in coverage? Why did they keep sending corner blitzes? So I think you can say a lot of in-game things Kane messed up with, but one absolute horrible take from a podcast and a beat writer that, I, again, I'm not going to name, saying that he didn't prep well enough, that he didn't that he can't be a new head coach and an assistant coach at the same time, like that's lazy writing and that's clickbaiting. I guarantee you Kane Womack put his heart and soul into this prep. He yeah. knows how much it means for IU to get a win. Now, did he have his best play calling game? No. And, and we'll get into that next week when 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 we when we look over the game a little bit more, but all those out there saying that, you know, he had his mind somewhere else or he didn't give IU the the enough time, that's that's lazy and ridiculous. Um, but I agree with you, Michael. I think there was a lot to be desired in a lot of the scheme and a lot of the decision-making that went into the defensive performance today. And I also think some players just had their worst game. Um, Cam Jones missed a couple sacks, missed a couple tackles. Uh, my guy that I've killed on this podcast before, Fitzgerald, um, got beat a few times. Uh, Jalen Williams, big play J. I've been a big fan of big play J all year. Didn't make that play. He he routinely got beat, routinely missed tackles. Jerome Johnson missed a couple sacks in the backfield. Yeah, just, just guys that hadn't done that all year, unfortunately, had their one bad game. And you know what? You're absolutely allowed to have one bad game. Um, it was just unfortunate that this is what, what, what will be in their mouth all year. But knowing Tom Allen, he will have them prepared next That's year. That's right. Let's just do this. We don't want to make this a long podcast, a normal podcast. I'm going to stop everything right now. And here's what I want to say. And Brandon just ended it on the perfect thing and the perfect person. Everybody who's borderline joining the season ticket holder program next year, everybody that is looking at maybe re-upping their season tickets for next year, everybody that's thinking about you know, adding it in with their basketball package or adding it in with their student package. Do it. This team is not going anywhere. These players are not going anywhere. Mike Penix is going to be back next year. Will he be as strong as he was at the beginning of this year? I don't know. Do we have back-end talent coming in from true freshmen from major, major, major recruits? Yes, this team is going to continue to try, continue to love each other, and continue to play their ass off every Saturday or Friday night, fuck that, that this team has to play. And next year, you guys, everybody will see with a non-conference schedule, God forbid anything happens between now and then, and we're allowed to play a full season a full non-conference schedule against a good opponent, one definitely good opponent at home in Cincinnati, and then a full Big Ten slate, 
This team is going to be back in another major bowl, is going to be back in a major spotlight, and will be ranked again to start the season. This is a big-time team, and this program is on the up. And just because of today, just because of what happened in previous bowls, in last year's bowl, in the uh, Red Box Bowl, in the Pinstripe Bowl, in the Xfinity Bowl, I can keep going, but all of this is building towards something that we've probably never seen in IU football before. And we they need the support. If the support isn't there, it's just uh, it's just sad, man. Like yeah, that's what the I, whole I, thing the started with. The thing is, I saw so much negativity online. And what would Tom Allen say? What has he built this program? L E O. You know what? A lot of fake ass podcasts, a lot of journalists, they were not embodying leo that's what you're gonna get at the leo podcast we are gonna bond around each other and the love for this team and we are gonna back this team no matter what that's why tom allen is building a monster and that's why michael and i will be here for you that's all i gotta say for the rest of this podcast is leo michael that's right buddy leo guys see it leo awesome day leo Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much. Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.